Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. Stories are going to be written about this. Yeah? People will say, I remember going through the pandemic of whatever, 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 you know? And they will tell stories, okay? And the stories you want them to tell about your company are the good things, not the bad things, okay? Universities, for various reasons, have been trying to get faculty to teach more online for years and years, and we've all been really resistant to it because we are lazy and don't want to change what we're doing. So don't use this as an opportunity to price gouge people. I've been online and I I was looking at hand sanitizers the other day. And, you know, they're just going for some crazy amount of money. And you just think that is just wrong, you know? So, Ryan, it goes without saying that we are living in troubled times with all this uh, coronavirus and everything else. Yeah, it's uh, shocking how quickly this has disrupted life and business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and we've had a number of clients that have contacted us over the last couple of weeks and sort of just said, look, you know, what should we be doing from a customer perspective? So, you know, how do we manage customers through this process? So we've developed 10 things, that 10 bits of advice that we would give for managing customers through this this process and, and what to do. And, and we thought it would be good to get this out for, for everybody because we, we hope this helps. So I'm going to go, go through my, my list of 10 things. It will probably end up being 20 things as, as I think of other things. Yeah, we're not big on numbers around here. <laughs> More advice is better advice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just just tell that to the CDC and see what they say. <laughs> I'm, I'm busy trying to tell it to the IRS. Right. Okay. So first thing to do is communicate, communicate, communicate. I think it's absolutely vital that people over-communicate rather than under-communicate. Okay. So in times of trouble, you've just got to start um, communicating with people more and i also have to say a number of these things if i was managing a team of people i'd be implemented with a team of people as well because again these are sort of our human traits i mean so much of the problem in the current crisis but actually in most crises is the uncertainty and if you clearly communicate to your customers you're not reducing the global uncertainty that we all have around this health crisis, but you are providing some small sense of certainty around how you and your firm and, and your organization are going to react to it. And people really value the predictability in times of uncertainty. So do your small part, communicate, over-communicate, over-share. Yeah. And when you then sort of start talking about what that communication should be. So number two for me is you need to be transparent you need to be open and honest with your customers. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I've had two interesting uh, emails 
this probably just shows that I fly a lot, but <laughs> I had an email through from Southwest Airlines and I had an email through from Delta, which I both thought were good emails, basically explaining what's happened. And the thing that I took from them was they were being open and honest. You know, they weren't trying to hide things. They weren't trying to spin things. You know, they were just saying, yes, this is an issue. We are cleaning the planes more than we've done before. Southwest were saying, and don't forget that you can change your flight free of charge, you know, and that's something that that they've always done. Those are a, a couple of good emails to bear reference to as well, I think. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure we'll come back to those emails through some of your other points because I think that they were good for a number of reasons. I had an experience where I, w- I went to a conference last weekend and everybody there kind of felt like this is probably the last conference any of us is going to go to for a while. But I also had friends who opted out of the conference who were going to go but then decided to, to cancel. And they were angry with the conference organizers that they weren't like fully refunding the fees and, and so on around the cancellation policy. And I feel like maybe there could have been some better communication there because when I had organized some of these conferences in the past, and so I was able to explain to these friends, you know, the reason they can't do that is because it would bankrupt the organization. This is not an organization with deep pockets and they would have to pay all these fees. And kind of once I explained to them the position of the organization, then these would-be attendees were much more understanding. And I, and I think that something similar can go on with companies. If companies are transparent and explain why they're doing what they're doing, you know, customers will tend to be a lot more understanding about that as opposed to here's our policy and we're not going to explain to you why we're doing it. And so it may seem unreasonable on the surface. And so be transparent. It's good advice. Yeah, no, absolutely. In my view is people understand. They understand through these times that, you know, that that you, you can't do everything. So and that's a, a really important point. Number three is the tone of the email it should be sincere, authentic empathetic, but also confident. Again, people want leadership at this these times. So people need to believe you. And you know, they will only believe you if you're sincere, if they think you're authentic and that you're empathetic to their situation. So I would stress those things. Very good. Number four, be fair. So don't use this as an opportunity to price gouge people. Yeah. I've been online and I I was looking at hand sanitizers the other day. And, you know, they're just going for some crazy amount of money. And you just think that is just wrong, you know, and don't use these times to price gouge people. So um, Home Depot sells stuff that's very useful in times of crisis. So, you know, if, if a hurricane's barreling towards your house, you suddenly need plywood and generators and and they long ago made the decision that in instances like this, in those regions, they were going to freeze prices or in some cases, even lower prices. This is a classic price gouge opportunity. You know, if everybody wants plywood and you got plywood, economics would say, this is where you jack up the price. But they long ago made the, the decision that they were not going to play that game. And they generate so much good PR for that decision. Every crisis, somebody's writing a story about, what a good neighbor Home Depot is and what a valuable part of their community. So yeah, you know, think long-term about this with regards to your short-term actions. I, I think that might be one of your other points, but it's emphasized here. Like really give some thought to this. Yeah, no, and, and, and let's go into that. So the issue is that for me, 
and this is my next one, you should be investing in the long term with customers. And this does start to tie into some psychology, okay? Because people will remember. <laughs> yeah. Stories are going to be written about this. Yeah. People will say, I remember going through the pandemic of whatever, 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 you know? And they will tell stories. Okay. And the stories you want them to tell about your company are the good things, not the bad things. Okay. And this is where, for me, peak end rule comes into play. So people remember this is Daniel Kahneman. Professor Daniel Kahneman talks about that what people remember in an experience is they remember the peak emotion that they felt and they remember the end emotion that they felt. So, you know, people still talk about the fact that Southwest Airlines were the only airline at that point during after 9-11 that let people change flights, yeah, without any additional cost. And that's, you know, people have got long memories when it comes to these things. So, you know, think long term. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of interesting points about that. that you're, the point that you're making is well taken. And emotions aid in memory. So if people are feeling strong emotions, those will tend to be remembered better. And times of crisis are times of strong emotions. So you should expect that, yes, the, your actions will be remembered. What's especially interesting to me about the Southwest example is, as far as I know, they hadn't changed any policy in order to let people change their flights. That was their existing policy. So in some sense, their business model was more resilient to times of crisis by having in place policies that were good for customer experience all the time. So times of crisis, maybe times to reevaluate your policies. If you're making some short-term policy to improve the lives of your customers during this time of crisis, is this something that might be good for you to continue always and just be something that can always improve people's experience and kind of build that into your business model? Yeah, absolutely. And the key is, you know, think about lifetime value of your customers. Don't think about it, what's going to happen over the next three months. I'm constantly surprised how organizations don't think about the lifetime value of their customers. But that for me is the key. So, you know, people will be talking about this. I mean, it's um, in England, we talk about the Dunkirk spirit. So everyone will know from World War II history books that in World War II, the British Army got caught on the beaches of Dunkirk and then they sent over a load of sailing boats to pick them all up and bring them back, which sounds very easy to say, but it was clearly done at a time which was um, treacherous, to say the least. And if, but the if reading spirit, history is too boring for you, there was a very good movie that came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah it was great. But the Dunkirk spirit was effectively, you know, we're all in this together. And that's the key. You're in this together with the customers and we're fighting the virus. So what is it we can do together? Because again, that builds the relationship. So number six is listen and be empathetic. So, you know, listen to your customers, recognize the fact that they are going to be emotional, recognize the fact that they're going to be full of anxiety and stuff like that and put yourself in their shoes. Empathetic means that you're understanding where they're coming from. It, it doesn't necessarily say that you're being, that you have to give them everything that they're asking for, because what they're giving you may be unreasonable, but put yourself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from. Oh, and by the way, 
we will be doing our new podcast show notes after this podcast. Podcast summary is what I should say. So the podcast summary is we're going to basically list all of these 10 things out, what are the main key takeaways, and it will less list out you know, some of the recommended action, which are which is effectively the 10 things in this instance. But those will be available on our website, um, so you can download them and then share them with the team. And all you simply have to do is to go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash podcast summary. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash podcast summary. So for those of you who are furiously taking notes and writing these 10 things down as you're driving to work down the freeway, stop that. Don't do Good it. Point well made. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. We've written them out for you. Number seven, set expectations. Mm. Set expectations with your customers. So if you've got bad news, tell them. If you think the bad, if you think the news may be bad, tell them. Because uh, again, you know, whilst it may upset them at that particular moment, in my experience of these things, people will understand. If you go back to number two, which is you're being transparent and honest and open, and number three, you're being sincere, authentic, empathetic, and and confident in your approach. You 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 have to tell them the the bad news. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it it goes back to you know some of what we talked about before in terms of predictability and understanding when there's a lack of communication of expectations or when expectations keep changing or when things get you get surprised by things you know i think one of the reasons that this has been hard for people is because there's a lot of misinformation out there which which is essentially changing expectations at first it was really bad and then no 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 it's not going to be that bad and then maybe it's going to be really bad that's very stressful for people. And so, yeah, to the extent that you can communicate, communicate clearly, set expectations, follow through with those expectations, all good things. It's interesting because we've done two lots of journey mapping in two different instances that, that, that it may be worth mentioning at this point to sort of highlight the key issue here. So we did some work back in the day to redesign a cancer experience for a hospital system. And clearly having cancer is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. And they were competing for, you know, people that have got cancer in their marketplace. So they wanted to improve their cancer experience for their patients. So they were looking to improve their cancer experience overall. I'm assuming you mean cancer treatment experience. Because cancer the treatment cancer experience. experience itself is probably just bad. Yes. I mean, it is, it is bad, but it, it, you're now into going, well, what do we mean by the experience? Well, the experience for, for the hospital is obviously the part of, that they're dealing with. They have to understand how the customer's feeling coming into that and going out from that. But the point I want to get to is that what we discovered was, and I think it's really the point you're just making, actually, Ryan. What we discovered was people can segment the difference between having cancer and the way they are treated when they have cancer. Yeah. What we also found was the same in financial services for people who are having financial difficulties. Mm. They can differentiate between the fact I'm having financial difficulties, which is not a nice thing to have, and the way that I am treated when I am having financial difficulties. That's so interesting. And therefore, I think the same analogy applies here. This is not nice, 
it's not nice for anybody. Yeah, all these things that we're going through now. But people do understand that there's a difference between, yes, this, all these things are not nice, but how is it I'm being treated by this organization as I'm going through this not nice situation? And again, I absolutely believe that people will make allowances because of that, you know, that Dunkirk spirit, we're all in it together. As long as you are being open and honest with them and they don't think you're trying to take advantage of them. And therefore it goes back to transparency and honesty and all those other wonderful things. Okay, number eight, show people that you're thinking ahead to the next steps. Uh, And what I mean by this is give them some confidence that you're thinking ahead. You know, what we know is this is bad. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better. However, what happens after this? Yeah, you know, what's the situation? What are the next steps that that you're going to take? So give them some confidence and and recognize the fact that you are thinking ahead. Number nine is recognize people will be stressed and anxious and do things to allow for that. So for instance, if people are phoning into the contact center and they're feeling stressed and anxious, getting them off the phone as fast as you can may not be the best thing to do. I understand that people may be sick and within the contact center and therefore how do you deal with that well guess what you have to be open and honest with people and tell them you know if you can't spend a lot of time talking to them but recognize that stress and anxiety will be there yeah and and recognize the knock-on effects of that too so if you're dealing with somebody who's stressed they're going to be worse at emotion regulation so they're they're going to be more likely to snap at your employees they're not going to be as patient. They're going to be more distracted. It'll be harder for them to make complicated decisions. Going back to your planning ahead, to what extent can you take those burdens off them? Can you you know, train your employees to expect that people are going to be snappish and give them the tools to cope with that? I mean, more regular breaks for your employees to kind of allow them to decompress. It may be providing them with, with a different script is the wrong word, but with different approaches guidance on how to deal with them yeah yeah no absolutely and the last one is you know try to think of a new the new experience and try to think of different ways of interacting with people so it may be that people have been dealing with you by contacting the contact center or by going into your bricks and mortar location and now you know you're suggesting that they go online every cloud has a silver lining at times of change like this, this is the, the a time that potentially you can get people to change their habits. If you want them to move online, then maybe now's a good opportunity to get them to do that. They may need, again, some support in doing that, and you need to, again, understand that and address that. But just recognize that now is also a time to help meet customers' needs by getting them to do something different. And if that can coincide with what you want them to do in six months time when all of this is over, then both things are good. Yeah. One of the things that's been changing just in the last week or so is a lot of universities have um, moved their classes online so as to provide more social distance between people, hopefully calm the spread of the virus. And so there's been a large discussion amongst my professor friends about making that happen, you know, recommendations for different types of technology or different strategies or what types of learning works best online versus offline. Now, 
this goes directly to the point that you're trying to make. Universities, for various reasons, have been trying to get faculty to teach more online for years and years. And we've all been really resistant to it because we hate technology as a class and are lazy and don't want to change what we're doing. But this, you know, to your point, now everybody's being forced to do it. I suspect there will be a new reality in higher education in the next couple of months as more faculty are, are essentially forced to develop these skills. And now we have new ways of doing things. You know, you're going to face similar opportunities with your customers as people engage with your firm differently. What opportunities will that lead going forward? How can things be different and better for you and for your customers? based on this new paradigm. Some things will go back to the way they were, and that's great. But this is also, as you as you said, an opportunity for change, if you want to take it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when we've talked about habits in the past, what we know is that when there are big changes, so when the birth of a new child is a big change, that's a time when, when organizations start selling customers new products. When you go on vacation, the chances are you may actually start reading a different newspaper and organizations know that so they can they start you know to focus on those things. So if you're looking to change a habit with customers, again, I would stress as long as it meets the needs of today and it's not you're just forcing something on them that they don't want to do and they can't see any benefit of it and it doesn't they can't see the tie into the the uh, coronavirus then now's a good opportunity yeah yeah no exactly right uh, habits occur when external stimuli environmental cues trigger some automatic response from us well if, if the environment is different, if we're now suddenly working from home and traveling less and doing things differently, then a lot of those environmental cues are going to be disrupted. And so this is the opportunity for new habits to form. Exactly right. So we would normally do our what things we recommend, but we've just spent the last 25 minutes going through all the things that we'd recommend. Is there anything you would not recommend, Colin? The opposite to everything else that I've just said. White after Labor <laughs> so, Day, nothing like that. <laughs> we could go through these 10 things, and I said we could. I could say don't communicate with your customers. That would be go. a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but the main thing is keep calm and carry on. And just keep safe. We want to make sure that uh, that happens, particularly with all our, our listeners. Uh, remember, you can download this list on our podcast summary, which you can get at beyondphilosophy.com backslash podcast summary. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash podcast summary. And if anybody wants any advice or anything else, then please feel free to ping us at contact at beyondphilosophy.com. That's contact at beyondphilosophy.com. As I said before, we're all in this together and anything we can do to help, we will. Okay, thanks very much and keep calm and carry on. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast.
and we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.